0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: When you think of it, so much of life has become temporary. There are those of us with a little bit of gray around the temples, old enough to remember the fact that, well, today, no longer do you collect gold watches after, say, 25 or 30 years of service to one company. We no longer raise families and retire in the same home where we spend ultimately 50 or more years in. And our marriages, well, they no longer make it to what was once a typical golden anniversary. Many of these challenges in the way life has changed, particularly related to marriage, goes down to one core issue, that it's becoming increasingly more challenging under the changes in society today to establish and maintain solid marriage relationships. But before we completely give up hope, there are some important key steps that you can today implement in your married life to change things around in a most dynamic and God-honoring fashion. Joining me now is Dr. Greg Smalley, Executive Director of Marriage and Family F- Formation at Focus on the Family, and Dr. Smalley, great to have you on the program.
0: Hey, Craig, thank you so much for having me today.
1: Well, isn't it amazing how so much of life in just, you know, maybe a generation or two has changed so dramatically? Remember Dad working for the same company for 30 something years? I know. They still live in the same house that I was raised in when I was a kid, and today all of this has changed. We don't keep our jobs as long. We don't live in the same house as long. And sadly, we don't stay in marriages as long either. Yeah.
0: It It's true. And I tell you what, you know, way back in the 70s through the, the I, I think the, one of the biggest things is the whole no-fault divorce. And uh, I, I don't think people really realize um, how much that has really hurt us. And, and, and I, that's why I'm thrilled as a country that right now, you know what? marriage is is in the news all over the place, and I'm hoping that part of the outcome will be that we really, you know, uh, that that we realize, like Hebrews 13.4 says that marriage should be honored by all, that, that we really learn. As a country, again, how do we honor marriage? What is that going to look like?
1: Here's the absolute irony. You talk about no-fault divorce, and what we're really saying is, well, if it's nobody's fault, then it must be everybody's
0: fault. Right.
1: Uh, we, we all play a role in this. And, and toward that end, you've come up with some key steps that I think we can go to school on today to help people better understand The important relational moments, and, you know, we know that that good marriages take time and they take work, but if you begin to break it down into all of the the incremental elements, a lot of this stuff, quite frankly, is just good common sense if we just take the time enough to examine it and begin putting it into practice in our daily relational lives.
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I believe one of the best things that we can do for our marriage is that we've got to learn how to work through and manage conflict. You know, there's a lot that we need to do for marriage, but if we started there, because it's inevitable, it's going to happen. You know, you can't take two people, you know, who have different personalities and genders and, and all these things and, and expect that they're not going to bump into each other, that they're not going to, you know, have conflict. They're not going to hurt and, and, and wound each other. And... and And the problem that I see is that so many people are, uh, you know, are afraid to go through conflict. They avoid it. They sweep it under the rug. They want to ignore it. And and the truth is that conflict can be used in our marriage to strengthen our marriage. That's when I get to learn more about my wife, her feelings, her needs. I get to learn more about myself, you know, and, you know, maybe it, it shows something's going on in our marriage that needs to change. I mean, conflict really is a good thing. If we can learn how to do this in in, in a healthy way, and and this is
1: so key because what you're suggesting, then Dr. Smalley, is that and oftentimes we'll couch this in terms of, well, I can't get along with my wife because, and we, you know, we'll pile a bunch of baggage there, or or the husband, whatever the case might be, suggesting that there's some sort of a, a personality defect here. But what you're really talking about, and I took note of the fact you didn't say avoid conflict. You said manage it, be able to work through it. So this isn't a a personality defect. It's a skill deficit.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think a lot of times we use the phrase even conflict resolution. I don't know about you, but I I, I don't think the goal is to try to figure out some resolution so much as it is the process. Can we develop a process that we can use anytime? conflict comes up. So whether we resolve it or not, it's not the issue. I think it's how we do it. And unfortunately, most couples do this in a way that just doesn't work. And one of the biggest things that I see with couples is that we're taught to when we get into an argument, when we get hurt, when there's a problem, that we need to just hang in there and power through it and try to talk it through. And I think that is the biggest and worst advice that you can can give a couple. Because one, I don't think it works. When, when you're hurt, when you're wounded, when you're upset, when you're frustrated with your spouse, what I think is going on is you get these buttons of yours, these emotions get pushed, these buttons get pushed, and then your, your heart literally kind of closes. You shut down, and then you just start reacting, and, and, and in that mode... There is no way that you're listening. You're not able to hear. You're not able to understand. And that's why when people are in an argument, they need to kind of separate from each other. They need to take a break, a time out from each other. But I'm telling you, Craig, we're not taught to do that. We are taught to try to power through it. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. I mean, it's, it's setting people up for massive failure. And that's really what, what I did in the book was to try to show you, here's a process. I, what I love is that if you take a break and work on you first, you need to learn how to get your heart back open. Because when people have open hearts, we're able to talk all day long.
1: But, and this is so key, because you know I would imagine in, in your role as Executive Director of the Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family, you're hosting a nationally syndicated radio talk show, you've got patients, you've written books, the whole nine yards, yeah. that you talk and hear from people all the time, this whole issue of conflict. It sounds to me that this is this is perhaps then less about conflict. At the end, it it's not this major difference between the two of us. In fact, we both both sides of the marriage really want the same thing, don't we? That yeah. is, to 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 the right to be heard and the need to hear.
0: Right. We want that. You know, people want connection. We want we want to be connected. We want intimacy. You know, we we want to be heard, understood, listened to, like you were talking about. And it's just sadly what happens is that in that moment that we're hurt or in conflict or whatever it is, that, that we're, we're, we, we are just taught to tr- keep trying to, to push through that. And, and, and it doesn't work. That's why one of my very favorite verses is in Matthew 7, 2 through 5. It says, why do you look at the dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the log in your own eye? And I love that the scriptures give an order. It says, first, first get the log out of your, your own eye, then you can see clearly. And, and how I relate that back to conflict is saying, okay, when, when you're in the middle of an argument, you have to understand that your heart has now closed. You are shut down. And when you are shut down, you are more likely to, to react, to say things, to do things, to retreat you know, in, in a way that, that's not going to help you get to where you want to be. Therefore quit trying to talk this through first. That's part two. Part one is that I need to go off by myself and and figure out what is going on. I need to let my emotions settle down. I need to you know, for me, you know, prayer is such a great time to, to just to settle down, to get God's perspective, to say, Hey, God, I don't know what's going on, but boy I'm I'm mad about something. What 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 is the button that got pushed? You know, what how do you want me to, to treat my wife? You know, you created her. Help me to understand her. You see what I'm saying? I mean, if you work on you first and get your heart back open, see, then you can come back into that conversation. And, it, and, and I promise you it will go so much differently. We fail at communicating through conflict because usually both hearts are closed. And in, in you just can't talk through that.
1: And, and so often, though, we also, uh, Dr. Smalley, put so many expectations and demands on the other. Oh, yeah. That we can't control. And yet what we can control, we do nothing with. So right. if we're concerned, for example, about the fact that we feel as if we're not being heard, our spouse is not hearing me, and yet we've closed down and we're so focused on what we're not getting that we ourselves are not hearing our spouse either. Right. Well, one is an observation but the other is something that i can actively change and that i have 100% control over
0: totally i mean that's again i can i can control me i can choose how i want to show up in in and, and that's why i, I say to people you you've, you've got to have a break you just got to step away tell your spouse you know what right now i can't think clearly i'm shut down i'm going to go but i'll be back and in and, and that's i think that's the the, what we do to then set up the opportunity to really to work through conflict. If I can get my heart back open, see now I'm. I and I tell people, you, well, you know how your heart is open is when you want to be a listener, when you are willing to be a listener. I love in the in the Chinese language, there's a the the, the the character the symbol for the verb to listen is made up of three kind of little characters that come together. One stands for eyes one for ears and the other for open heart. Isn't that cool? Mm. So to to listen is with your ears, your eyes and your open heart. That's the evidence to me that you're ready to enter back into that conversation, that dialogue with your spouse when you are going I want to I want to seek to understand you rather than me being understood.
1: Dr. Greg Smalley is with us today. He, of course, Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. Information, too, on the web at SmalleyMarriage.com. We'll take a brief time out. Come back to more of the conversation as this edition of Lifeline with Dr. Greg Smalley continues here on KFAX.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: And welcome back to Lifeline. Craig Roberts, along with our special guest in this edition of the program, he's Dr. Greg Smalley, Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. He co-hosts Everyday Relationships and is the president and founder of the Smalley Relationship Center. You can get more information on the web, in addition to information about his more than 40 books on the topic, at SmalleyMarriage.com. That's SmalleyMarriage.com. Dr. Smalley, just before the break, we were talking about the need to, to kind of step back from the conflict instead of just trying to pile through, because that piling through process often means just making a lot of noise, uh, working a lot very hard to be heard, but not really hearing right um, and you made mention I found it fascinating to, toward the end of the last segment about the Chinese character for hearing that has to do with both open eyes, open ears, and an open heart so I guess it 's kind of pulling back moving into neutral corners, so to speak, and taking account it 's amazing how many arguments will will suddenly build up and gain momentum, and that train is heading down the track with with no brakes. When we take a moment to step back and really ask ourselves the question, what is this all about? We either find out that there's a whole lot to do about nothing or that it's connected to some other hurt or pain that happened in our life that, that might have just been sort of reactivated by something that our spouse did or said.
0: That's right. That's right. And that's why I, I'm, I'm telling people that, that usually it's not that we can't communicate, that we've got to learn some new communication method telling you the problem of why we have a hard time communicating is when your heart closes you've got these buttons that are all stirred up and you're frustrated you're shut down you're now in a reaction mode and that's why the the biggest most important step in learning how to communicate through conflict is you dealing with you and you can't do that in the presence of your spouse you really do need to step back and and that's why I always tell people when you're sort of in this time out spot, what you're trying to do is, one, there there is power in putting a name to how you're feeling. And again, when we're in the middle of a conflict, we're not even able to think about how am I feeling right now and put a word to that. And, and yet there's research that was done that showed that when in the middle of an argument, when people separate and they and they think through, okay, what is it that I'm feeling right now? I'm feeling... You know, devalued, disrespected, uh, uh, not good enough, like a failure. I mean, when you put a word to how you're feeling, it, it physiologically calms you down. It, 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 they see on these, these brain scans to where the, the amygdala, which is your fight-or-flight center, it's kind of the emotional part of your brain, brain is all lit up. When you identify how you feel, the, the brain scan showed that, that all of a sudden that information moves to the prefrontal cortexes, which is how, where you make good decisions. Mm. And so even, even the act of simply going, all right, I'm separated now. I'm on my own. What, what, yeah, what, how do I feel? What is, what's the word that I would use? It just it has tremendous power. It's that simple. And then I, I think as Christians, what's so cool is that we take then those emotions to the Lord. And we're asking for His truth. What is true about me? Is it true that I'm a failure? Is it true that I'm being disrespected? What's true about my wife? You know, and, and, I, and I love that, that, that so, I think there's so many verses that, that talk about how, 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 you know, God is truth. That He gives us the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will lead us to all truth. You know, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that's what I I love you when you're then able to do that. You now can come back in, and just do what you were born to do, which is you can talk through things with your spouse when you're calm down and your heart's open. And you know, it at really the end of the, that simple.
1: And at the end of the day reopening those lines of communication or sometimes establishing them for the first time, as much as that seems to be uh, particularly intimidating, particularly for us guys that don't do a real good good job emoting, uh, and we, we, we get very intimidated by this idea in that sense that, well, my wife does all the talking and I do all the listening things of that sort. You've put together a list of five daily relational moments that I think, Dr. Smalley, really go a long way toward Teaching us just how easy it can be to communicate at that level so that the needs are getting met by, by both sides of the of the couple. Take a moment if you would, in the, the four three or four minutes that we have left in our conversation, just walk us through, if you would, these five daily important relational
0: moments. Absolutely. You know, I in and why I think these moments are so important is that I think you could you could kind of boil everything down to doing this. If you want to have a great marriage, you need to, one, learn how to manage conflict well, but then on the other hand, you've got to learn how to invest, proactively invest in your marriage every day. Marriage doesn't have cruise control. You can't set a setting and think it's going to be okay. So as long as you're managing conflict, investing in your marriage, I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to have a good marriage. And I think one of the best ways to invest in your marriage, is instead of adding all kinds of new things to your already busy plate, you know, because, Greg, I, I see that, that so many people are just were so busy, exhausted, worn out, too much going on, overflowing plate, that when I tell people, hey, instead of adding, you know, five more things you need to do now for your marriage, what if we just looked at what's going on every day and take advantage of those, use those everyday moments to strengthen your marriage? For example, every day you're going to leave, leave the house you know, during the work week. How you choose to leave your home can either strengthen your marriage or take away from your marriage. And, and, and what we know is if you take a moment and just, you know, let's say you, you pray for your spouse, you encourage them, and, and, and give each other a kiss goodbye, that right there, you've strengthened your marriage. That should take no more than 10 seconds. See, you're not adding something else. You will leave the house. How you choose to leave can, can strengthen your marriage. You're going to return home, you know. You, how you come home and re-enter your house in the evening can be used to strengthen your marriage or not. So when I come in, do I beeline for the TV? Do I beeline for the kids, or do I walk up to my wife and say, "Hey, great to see you. You know, love you. Give her a kiss. Can't wait to spend time with you tonight." You mean just something that simple. Again, not add, you don't add anything. You're going to walk into your home, just walk in, <laughs> into your home in a way going to strengthen your marriage. Every You're going to fall asleep at some point. How you say night to your spouse can strengthen your marriage. Simply taking 30 seconds to pray for your spouse, to thank him or her for something they did throughout the day that you appreciated. Thanks for, hey, picking up my dry cleaning today. That was a big help. I mean, you see what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's identifying some key moments. You know, during the day as we're gone, you know, can I not Send a quick little text message to my wife. I mean, I'm going to be gone. Why not just send her a text message and and just tell her I love you thinking about her? I actually did this the other day, and accidentally, I mean, I got into sort of this this crazy little message to my wife. Send it to my boss, (laughs) by mistake. And so he texts me back going, please tell me this was meant for your yeah, wife. I
1: love you thinking about
0: he said, you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I said, no, it was for you. But uh, that made our meeting awkward. But anyway, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? I mean, there, there are moments. You know, for you, the moment might be um, we're, we're taking our kids to their sporting practice. You know, well, can you use that to, to ask each other questions? You can listen to the radio. You can do a bunch of stuff. You can be on the phone. Or we can ask each other. Just some some great questions. Hey, you know what? You know how today go? How are you feeling? How are things going between you and the kids? You know what's one thing God's teaching you as a plate? You see, there there are moments that go on that I think most of us just let these moments go by, and and, and let's take those back and use them as things that can really strengthen our marriage.
1: And of course, the irony is, it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a very little min, min, minimal amount of effort. It's simply giving a greater sense of importance to our spouse to a sense of honoring them and valuing them. What's the old saying? It's it's the little things in life that count. And it would be amazing to see how far, and I would just, I want to challenge both the ladies and the men in the audience. Try it. Oh, you don't understand how difficult things are in my marriage right now. Purpose in your heart today to start tomorrow. When you get up in the morning, compliment your spouse. Honey, I'm glad that uh, you're my spouse I hope you have a great day. Um, speak words of encouragement into their life as you know, your husband is going off and you know he's got the big meeting today. Say some words of encouragement. Stop at the door for a minute, guys, before you're leaving and saying, Honey, I know it takes a lot of time and energy to, to maintain this household. I know you've got a big agenda today. you got to take the kids to soccer practice and you've got a doctor's appointment. you got to go shopping and all these things. I just want to let you know I value you and I recognize and appreciate the hard work that you do in creating such a loving home for us. Wow, how far that will go. And then, as Dr. Smalley points out, look, even the guys, we got time to check the box scores in the middle of the day. Send a quick text. Try not to send it to your boss, though, (laughs) And and let your spouse know, thinking of you, babe, I hope you're having a great day. Can't wait to see you tonight. When you arrive back home, pause for a moment. You realize that your spouse, if she's been home all day, uh, maybe young kids in your family. she have been really deprived of any adult communication. She's she's eager to connect with you. You, on the other hand, you've been out in the working world all day long. You don't want another conversation. Find a moment, if you can, between the two of you to just acknowledge each other and each other's needs for a moment, and then finally, as you end the day, uh, to show a sense of gratitude and appreciation. A moment in prayer together. And if you implement these steps, I think you'll see an amazing turnabout in your marriage relationship. Dr. Greg Smalley, Executive Director of Marriage and Family Formation at Focus on the Family. More information, too, on the web at his website, SmalleyMarriage.com. And Dr. Smalley, thanks so much for the time today.
0: Oh, Craig, my pleasure. Thanks for all that you're doing to encourage marriage.
1: You bet. Keep up the good work on your end as well. There's Dr. Greg Smalley from Focus on the Family.